It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, it's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Time for the press box. Here's your host, Ward Whites. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas on the second day of 2024. This is the Press Box brought to you by Scott's Lease Trailers and Pickup Outfitters. Ward Whites and Cameron Stewart live at the Robinson Tower for a very good reason. It is opening day for Baylor basketball at the new Foster Pavilion, and we were in... Uh, well, with an eye shot of the new Pavilion. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't know what Robinson Tower is and you're going to a Baylor basketball game in the near future, you are going to know what it is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's it's so cool to see that it's it's ready to go tonight. Because um, I'm not going to lie to you, Ward. When I left town a couple weeks ago, I was like, really? Yeah, play you sure about that? In two weeks? <laughs> and I know the pay outside doesn't have to be completely done, but seeing the videos coming out this week and the, and the pictures of the inside, it looks incredible. Can't wait to get out there. It should be a whole lot of fun tonight as number 18 Bader hosts Cornell uh, at 7 p.m. Our pregame will start right here on ESPN Central Texas at 6.30 for the pregame, so it should be a whole lot of fun. Hey, there's a good reason why we're here, and it's because of our great sponsors, Central National Bank, Cherry Johnson, Sigmund Law, and James Law Firm, Jim Turner, Chevrolet, NeighborWorks, Waco, the Baylor Club, and Total Office Solutions. Thanks for them for having us here on this exciting day for Baylor Athletics as they get ready to open up the new Foster Pavilion tonight. It is finally here. Finally. And I think that the entire Baylor fandom is thrilled yeah. that this is the night it's going to be able to open up. It, and it's, a, it's about time. I don't want to kill Baylor on this or anything, but I, I was thinking by when I was driving by it last night, and I think, you know, with college, the money that's going into college athletics these days, mm-hmm. when a program hits the ascension, both programs that at Baylor basketball in the mid-aughts to the early 2010s, a lot of places would have had this 10 years ago. And now that the men's team have taken that next step, this was this was inevitable, right? To have two potential Final Four teams right now uh, to play in – real state-of-the-art arena. This is going to be perfect. I know people were upset at the reduced capacity, but when you don't sell out the Farrell Center anyway, this is uh, this is going to be perfect. It looks intimate enough but can get loud. I'm, I'm excited, Ward. I really am. Two back-to-back nights with this. You, you look at the difference in the Farrell Center in this new Foster Pavilion, there's a couple of things that you're going to notice uh, right when you walk in the door, and it's partly the technology side of things. It's yeah. going to be high-tech. It's going to be loud. It's going to be more of an intimate experience for the fans because you're going to be closer to the court. You're going to be on top of the action. So, I mean, that makes just a little bit different. And, I look, look, the Farrell Center is great. Serve them well. Yes, yep. absolutely wonderful. But, you know, as time goes by, everybody upgrades, and that's yeah. part of the equation. If you're going to stay up with the times, you're going to have to upgrade. And this is this is an upgrade for Baylor basketball. thousand percent. And you yeah. know what? I, I haven't been inside it yet, but just seeing the pictures, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to have this feeling tonight, it looks like a basketball arena ward. Yes. It, it, the Farrell Center is a concert venue, essentially. I mean, it's, it's an all-purpose venue, and like you said, it, it was great for Baylor, especially at the time, and a lot of schools were, were building that multi-purpose venue like that. This feels 
like a basketball arena. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Fog Allen. You know, it's not going to be Cameron, but it's going to have a similar feel to it. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, we're just in this this rotunda that they happen to be playing basketball in. Like you said, I mean, it's going to, they're going to, they take these things into account now with the technology of how loud you can get it, how close you can get people to the court, things like that. It's just going to be a night and day difference for this program. And, and more so than that, I think for the fans, I mean, the programs have been doing really well. The fan support has not been all there for basketball. And I, and I hope this certainly, uh, you know, turns that around a little bit. This is going to be a state of the art. You're not going to want to miss a game in this place. Hey, Ward, it's stuff. Quick question we've been asked. Um, can people still purchase tickets, and can they purchase them there at the Foster Center? Yeah, that's a great question, and I'm sorry I don't have the answer to so. on that. Uh, we'll get in touch with John Morris. I know okay. j will probably have that, yeah. but that's a great question. I did see a sign on I-35 coming into the Robinson Tower that – uh, tickets on sale now, but I don't yeah. know if about and, and for tonight. And I know night. the women have been advertising single yeah. game tickets. I don't know about tomorrow night or yeah. for the men tonight, but yeah, I don't. I don't know the answer to that, and that's a great question, Steph. We need to find that out. Okay. Um, and uh, unfortunately, there's nobody in the building <laughs> with us right now that we can ask. <laughs> it is dormant here. Baylor is kind of quiet, and we can feel it. <laughs> so, uh, but I will get the answer to that here in just a little while. Maybe after the next break, we'll find out if there is tickets. I would assume. I would assume you could, but, you know, I don't want to assume. I, I would think it's probably sold out. Yeah. For tonight, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, there's think. a certain exclusivity to this. Yeah. Because there was the push last year of guys becoming season ticket holders, so they don't have to worry about that kind of thing. And right. So with a big student section and a lot of season ticket holders, they'll, they'll still be there for sure. Um, yeah, but I agree with you. I don't, I don't know about tonight. It's a I, good question. I would hope that's it's the case. It's a really good question. Yeah. We'll so, have to find we out. Got plenty of, we got plenty of games in here. Yeah, we'll find out how that's going. Steph, did you uh, have a happy new year? I did. I was. It was very quiet, very quiet, nice. and a lot of football. How about y'all? No, it was. It was same thing for me. I what watched football that? and just hung out with Coco and didn't go anywhere and just had a good night. Did it's you good have to, a, It was good to have, have Cam a, back. It's yeah. great to be back. Yeah, I couldn't miss this day, Steph. I, I just couldn't. Yeah. Uh, I'm still coming down from some sicknesses. <laughs> well, don't pass Ward, it on. Ward Please and don't I pass are a respectable it. distance away, right? Oh, good. Part. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I was battling some sicknesses. But overall, I mean, it was it was a fun time. We we did some traveling, which is not that fun when you're sick. But some of these bowl games towards the end, last night specifically, kind of kind of <laughs> saved my attitude about <laughs> about uh, the bowl season. So I don't know about you guys, but I loved the first couple of weeks of bowls. They weren't the best games ever, but you saw the Pop-Tart Bowl and all that went into that. That was a lot of fun. And then we start getting into the big boy games, right? And we've got that Florida State massacre, uh, <laughs> that Oregon 35, 40 unanswered points, whatever it was, to end the game. And I'm like, well, here we go again, college football semifinals. Those always stink for the exception of last year, and we got a couple of dandies. So overall, good new year. I mean, what else can you ask for? No, I think it was. I think you look at bowl season as being what it is, what it is, and you're going to get some stinkers. You're also going to get some that uh, turn into be surprisingly good games. Yeah. And the matchup, you look at it at the beginning and go, yeah, I'm not real sure about that. Now, I will say, uh, and we'll get into this in our next segment a little bit more, Cam, but yeah. I will say that I've heard a lot and I've seen a lot on Florida State. That's why you don't belong. Okay, fine. I get that. Mm-hmm. But the other side of the coin is 
if they were in the college football playoffs, they wouldn't have had 32 players opt out. Right. And, 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 and that makes a difference. Right. And, and, and they've got to fix the transfer portal. It's just got to get fixed. It's it's crazy yes. on bowl season, isn't it? Uh, but what I was thinking was the result of that game for Florida State I don't think was going to change the minds of a lot of people who thought they should have been in. Because it wasn't necessarily, oh, well, they got blown out. They would have got blown out even harder by someone else. It's that with them being left out of the playoff, it really took away from the regular season. These guys went undefeated. They won their conference, a quote-unquote major conference. You know, they're not Liberty. Um, And then they get left out. And you're right. I mean, we see it. And personally, I... I thought Georgia kind of got a little screwed, too. I probably would have had Georgia in over Florida State. I know that's not a great argument, but <laughs> Georgia looked like they should have been in there, too, if you're going to use that argument. So, But you know what, Cam? Uh, Georgia didn't have 39 players or 29 right, players right. that just said, I'm not going to show up and play. I mean, come on. Which, I mean, is, which is something that surprised me, Steph, to be honest with you, yeah. because we talk about – and, and it's right, the transfer portal and how many guys are opting out, and that was kind of starting to gain some momentum even before the portal became a thing of guys wanting to stay healthy for the draft. And then I see, you know, in that game, one side has almost 40 guys opt out, <laughs> and the other has barely any starters opt out. So I'm like, well, this is a quote-unquote meaningless bowl game, according to the college football playoff people. Is this now a culture thing? You know, does, does Kirby Smart just have a better culture than than Norvell or, or – Name your coach who had all these. No, opt-outs. they've had they've had know. seasons where they had a bunch of people opt out. Remember, they had half sure. the team opt yes, out when that, they played that, Baylor. Yes, so no, it's not a Baylor culture theme like some dumb writers are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing, is, but it just makes me wonder, like, why didn't Georgia have many guys? I wasn't opt talking out? about That's the locked on Baylor podcast guy <laughs> when I said that. <laughs> I, I, I was not attacking you. I'd seen look, it doesn't take a, a couple lot, of those takes on Twitter, and I not take a lot to make me look stupid. I will guarantee you that it was not about you. Well, the, the, the thing you- about it is, I, I, and I've heard some coaches even say it, uh, and I think Lane Kiffin said it uh, after his bowl game. College football has got to figure out a way to fix this. Yeah, and just move the date, move the date of when the players can to, to yeah, after yeah. the bowl season. I feel it's like it, the minor leagues now. I mean, college football well, is like the minor well, leagues of the NFL. All, all college football yeah. is right now is <laughs> right. free agency. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, I mean, these kids are, if I'm not mistaken, they're allowed to do it, like, right up to the day before the game. They can yeah. just say, hey, I'm not playing. Well, the day of the game yeah. in, in a couple of cases. That's – yeah, and I was going to ask, and I think that's a good solution of, of what is that solution. What What is the solution of getting these guys uh, to not opt out as much? And the first thing I thought of, which is – don't have the in- portal. Just don't have it. <laughs> that, that well, I mean, that's I your mean, first solution. <laughs> I, I, think the, I think the portal's necessary. I do. Uh, uh, I think it's the way it's set up. It just needs up. some regulations. It, it needs yeah. some regulations. It just needs to not be the Wild Wild West. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly right. And, and that's what we said when the NIL opened up and the transfer portal was going to go in this direction at the same time, and there's no regulations on it, look out. It's going right. to get crazy. And it's exactly where we're at right now. Yeah, you could kind of see it coming, couldn't you? I was thinking the only, like the very imperfect solution, and it's not the NFL's problem, but is to boost up some of these signing bonuses. These whatever, first-round pick values, second-round pick values, because that's why guys are doing it. They don't want to slip to day two or day three and miss out on a ton of money. But, I mean, you can't really do that either. So I agree. I mean, you just – I don't know what those limits are. Um 
whether there's a, a quote-unquote salary cap for how much you can give these guys before they even play for your school uh, in NIL deals. And I, I don't know what that is, but until that gets figured out, we're just going to have this every year. We're going to see Oregon buying the top two quarterbacks in the transfer portal every year. Like, that's what it's going to become. And it's not going to change until no. until somebody steps in and changes it. And the thing about it is, I understand the opt-out if – I don't like it, but I understand the opt-out if you're going to be a first-round pick. Right. And you don't want to get injured because yep. we've seen the problem that that has occurred. I get it. I understand that opt-out. And, again, I don't like it, mm-hmm. but I, I get, get it. it. The transfer that are opting out because I'm going to go take my ball and play somewhere else, right. that's the one I do not understand. And I, I think that if you change that date or do something, move it around, something's got to be done to stop that because you saw a lot of teams in bowl season that were depleted yeah, because they just got rampaged from NIL and a transfer. And, and another thing, too, is I was following that Tennessee-Iowa game. And I heard that Tennessee's starter had opted out. And I was like, I don't know this guy. You don't want to follow the SEC all that much. But I don't, I don't know who this kid is. And I look at his draft prospects like a day three pick, opting out. Yeah. Like, for what? Yeah, why, <laughs> for, why are you what? doing that? That's, you that's ridiculous. I mean, if you're a fifth-round pick or an undrafted free agent, it's basically pennies the it, difference. Well, and it Not might if you make injure you... yourself and can't get drafted at all. Well, that, they, Yes, they've... I guess that's true. It's But still, rare. I mean, I would rather – I'd rather have a kid go in there and say, look, let me flash what I can do here and maybe go up on the draft yeah. instead of being predicted a third or fourth round. The way we see it in basketball. We see it every year in basketball. Kids that skyrocket up the um, the draft charts because of how they do in the NCAA tournament. We've seen it at Baylor the last couple of years. And so I, I agree. I think there's a, a chance there. I Like you, I, I understand the risk. And I think if this had happened earlier, we would have seen – we would have seen it all the time. You know, it's not, I don't know if it's even a generational thing, um, but especially the quarterbacks, right? But you Those know, quarterbacks are going to be top 10 picks. But being a player, if I'm going to, if I was a player and I'm going to be drafted, I don't know that I would play in a bowl game either, honestly. I just right. don't know that I would. I would. 100% I would. It's, yeah, I, mean, I would. I, for me, it would just depend. It would just depend on, on the bowl game, yeah. all being looked at. But how or about that? Game, yeah. How about that Washington team? That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, stop it! We'll get into that in a little bit. Hey, we are live at the Robinson Tower. The Foster Pavilion opens up tonight for the Baylor Bears as they host Cornell. Coming up at seven o'clock. Our pregame will start at six thirty. Thanks to Central National Bank, Terry Johnson, Sigma James Law Firm, also Jim Turner Chevrolet, NeighborWorks Waco, the Baylor Club, and Total Office Solutions for having us here today, getting you ready for Baylor basketball tonight in the new arena as we can see it from where we're at. There's still a lot of buzz going around the yeah, arena right people, now. People taking the stroll around, yeah. getting the first look at it. It's a beautiful day for it. This is going to be exciting, I'm telling you. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. All right, Steph will be back with us in just a little bit. Coming up next, we will get into the college semifinals as the press box continues live from the Robinson Tower on ESPN Central Texas. Go Cowboys! This is Dallas Cowboys football 2023. Second and five at the Detroit 8. Only heard here. here. Snap to Prescott, standing and looking and throwing right. All season. Brandon Cooks! Touchdown, Cowboys. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. Live from FedEx Field. On this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. 
Cowboys and Commanders, Sunday afternoon at 2 here on ESPN Central Texas. All Around Maintenance is your complete janitorial and construction cleanup service. Whether you're looking for someone to clean your business or you need quick cleanup after a big construction, All Around Maintenance handles the nitty-gritty. We're Real Central Texans, working with your schedule to satisfy your needs since 1996. We'll leave your office, school, restaurant, industrial facility, house of worship, or apartment complex spotless at an honest rate. Visit us today at allaroundmaintenance.net. That's allaroundmaintenance.net. Let us do the dirty work. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossie, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. At CMC Auto Group, we don't have a popcorn machine in the lobby or any other crazy gimmick to get you in the door. I'm Justin Kramer. When you walk in, you will be greeted by me or Julio. We have been selling quality, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for the last 20 years by offering upfront best cash price to save you time and money. At CMC Auto Group, I want to invite you to come by Highway 6 and Imperial, shake my hand, and see what makes us different. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina has been Waco's favorite Tex-Mex since 1963. Voted the best fajitas, enchiladas, and chili con queso around Central Texas. La Fiesta, a delicious selection of Mexican classics and Texas favorites. You can order any of the delish Tex-Mex food online at lafiesta.com or stop on by at 3815 Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is the most important ingredient. From the La Fiesta family to yours, have a happy new year. Morrison's Gifts, Waco's oldest family-owned gift store, has moved. Visit their new expanded location a few feet from their old space. Enjoy a new shopping experience with new product arriving weekly. At Morrison's, you'll find great Texas and American products like John Hart leather goods, Consuela bags and purses, locally sourced gourmet items, and great gift items for babies and kids. Can't decide? They specialize in designing custom gift baskets, local delivering, and shipping anywhere. That's Morrison's Gifts at the corner of Valley Mills and Waco Drive, close to Jason's Deli. Total Office Solutions is one of the largest locally owned and operated commercial furniture dealers in Central Texas. Their staff of consultants provide project management, layout design, and turnkey installations. Whether you need chairs, desk, or complete furniture renovation, Total Office Solutions is your provider of all steel, Hahn, JSI, and Gunlock furniture. Total Office Solutions, where customer service and satisfaction is their number one goal. 216 Schroeder Drive in Waco and at MyTotalOffice.com. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Ward White's Cam Stewart along with you here on this Tuesday, the second day of 2024. Aaron, we didn't hear from you. How was your New Year's? Uneventful, the way I like them now. (laughs) I stayed up for midnight, and uh, I was asleep by 1230. 
You made it all the way to midnight? Barely. It took an extra it took an extra monster to get me there across the finish line. <laughs> now, see, I, I have that I have a hard time believing that cuz you're a night owl. Well, my my schedule's really my sleep schedule's really changed in the last year. I've been going to bed Has it really? Earlier, yeah. Not early right. for most people, but I usually get to sleep a little before midnight now, which is weird. Still getting well, used a, to it. That's unusual. All right. Well, that's good for you. That, instead of staying up till four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, we are live at the Robinson Tower. Just a earshot from the new Foster Pavilion as the Bears take on Cornell. Coming up tonight at 7 o'clock, our pregame will start at 6.30 right here on ESPN Central Texas. J-Mo will follow us. He'll be live here at the Tower. And then Matt Mosley will close out the day and ramp you all the way up to the pregame show right here on ESPN Central Texas. Thanks to Central National Bank, Cherry Johnson, Sigmund James Lawford, Jim Turner Chevrolet, NeighborWorks Waco, the Baylor Club, and Total Office Solutions for having us here today. A full day of football yesterday, uh, and you saw Tennessee blank Iowa 35 to nothing. I was a little bit shocked at that score that Iowa just couldn't get anything going at all. I mean, they're one of the worst offenses in the country. I I don't know how they win any games, man. I saw that yesterday. It was terrible yesterday. And the division stinks. I know, that Big Ten West. But, I mean, you got bowl teams in that division. They are just horrific, man. Horrific offensively. I don't know if you've seen these stats, but it was – there's been like six teams ever, seven teams maybe now, that have been shut out three times in a season or more. And – None of them had a winning record. By the way, Paylor was on there twice. <laughs> None of them had a winning record. Iowa won 10 games. They went to the conference championship and went to a, a New Year's bowl game. It, it's incredible. Incredible. But I don't know how much longer they put up with that. I know Ferentz has been there forever, but you, you can't you can't win in that conference like that. It, it's just unbelievable you can't win that, 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 conference. that you cannot get anything going because, again, Tennessee – is, and I don't want to throw shade at Tennessee, but they're middle of the road at best, too. Sure, yeah. 8-4, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 21 in the country, and maybe that's a little bit high, in my opinion, for Tennessee even. Um, But they get the shutout. How about LSU and Wisconsin? What a football game this was in the uh, Quest Bowl. 35-31, to and LSU finds a way to get it done late in that ball game. And Garrett Newsom-Meyer, he may be the answer at quarterback for the Tigers. <laughs> yeah, that, that's got to be a bright spot with Jaden Daniels heading out the door. That, that has to be a bright spot for this program and for Brian Kelly, who's done a pretty darn good job the last two years there. I mean, you know, LSU has the expectations, mm-hmm. you know, that even in the SEC West, they, they have the expectations to be among the elite, not only in the conference but in America. And with the performance that we saw from, from the kid yesterday, it's uh, that is a – a bright spot because I know LSU fans were sweating under the collar a little bit <laughs> with Jaden Daniels leaving. They're thinking, you know, we had this Heisman quarterback and we won whatever eight or nine games. We couldn't even get to win the division, and I, I think that's a that's a bright future for them. I do too. I, I think that that was a, a big surprise for them as well uh, to see. You know, look, he's played some. Uh, he's done a very good job. He's a good quarterback, but he played really, really well yesterday. Yeah, I mean, against a. Which you a know, good Wisconsin defense. Right, I was going to say, Wisconsin defense, I know they're they're still pretty good this year, but historically, the last 10, 15 years, they have been right at the top of, 
of everything, not only in the Big Ten, but uh, nationally in terms of that defense. They had a pretty good defense this year, too. I mean, that's the reason they basically got to a bowl game, and uh, he kid picked them apart a little bit. Then you had a dud, Oregon <laughs> and Liberty. And Oregon scored 45. They probably could have scored 450. But, hey, it was 6-3 to three Liberty at the end of the first. <laughs> That was, yes, it was. Oh, boy. But I don't think that that matters much. You know what it reminded me of is in, I think it was 2018, it was your Kyler Murray won the Heisman. And they were playing Baylor in Norman, and they had Lincoln Riley had suspended him for like two drives of the first quarter or something, mm-hmm. and it was like 7-7, and he came back in the game, and they won, I think it was 66-33. to So that's, that's what it kind of reminded me of. Oregon was like, ah, oh, we'll give you the head start here. Glad to have you here playing on New Year's Day. And then Bo Nix, who opted in, played the bowl game, uh, just shreds them and gets the gets the send-off he deserved. Yeah, he played well. Uh, there's no doubt about it. 363 passing yards, and really Oregon just ran away with this one, and it wasn't even as close as the score says. I know it's 45-6, to six, but it wasn't that close, <laughs> honestly. All right, let's get to the semifinals. And the first one last night uh, goes to overtime, and Michigan knocks out Alabama. 27 to 20 after three years the wolverines finally get into the championship game and for the past two years now after starting off with just absolutely horrific semifinal games yeah this past two years have been really good and i think yesterday was the best of any of them i mean you might be selling it short a little bit until last year I can think of one good, really good semifinal game in almost 10 years. You obviously had a couple of great ones last year, but to have both of your semifinals come down to the last play of the game, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's all you can ask for. That That's perfect. And I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a little surprised at Michigan. I was maybe drinking the Bama Kool-Aid a little bit. I think this I'm, is. I'm right there with you. I thought, <laughs> and I said it last week even, I think Alabama takes this game. Uh, I just think they're the better football team. Well, I, I was wrong. Yeah, and I, I thought this was the worst of the three Michigan teams that make the playoffs. Now, you know, the guy who finishes last in med school is still called doctor. You know, you're still making the playoffs. <laughs> but um, I, I just thought, oh, I don't know that these guys have any kind of the firepower to, to keep up with it. And I also had not realized just how bad Alabama's offensive line is. Whew. They were not good yesterday. Uh, oh, I know they've kind of figured it out in the second half, but – I mean, Michigan was just throwing the house at him in the first half. And, and it comes back to a question of Jalen Milrow again. For as good as we saw him play for whatever, eight or nine weeks there, uh, he throws for what, 160 yesterday? I mean, he, he does not, he's not really a difference in the game at all. And I guess they thought he, he would be the biggest difference maker with his legs. And that's why they called that on fourth and goal from and I don't, was that the six-yard line, seven-yard okay, line. Do you understand that call? No, 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 no. I, I don't get it. I remember the Giants a couple years ago did a QB sneak with Daniel Jones on like a fourth and five. And I was like, that's one of the dumbest calls I've ever seen. But that was essentially the same scenario last night. I, not even trying to bounce it out, I, I don't Well, I don't get they it. had the box stacked anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the box was stacked. You, you, <laughs> and your offensive line has been suspect the entire day. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they're you think you're going to win that battle in the trenches? No, with your with your season on the line. I, I thought that was a strange call, and I thought, well, maybe it was just me. Maybe I'm just seeing things because it did not look like that there was any way, shape, or form. And 
Are you sure that's the call, or did he take it on himself? Well, uh, what I was going to bring up is I, I know he's a first-year starter, but we're in game 14 here. Is he, Why is he not calling an audible? Yeah, check out when the box is full. When like you that. see, yeah, when you see nine guys in the box or whatever it was, why aren't you calling an audible there? I don't Saban's, remember their timeout situation, but I don't get it. Pretty sure Saban said it was an RPO, and he, they got RPO the look, like, and he got oh the boy. look that he wanted for the quarterback draw, but it, I don't know. It closed pretty uh, quickly. It, 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 yeah, it, it, for it, a half second, it looked like that, but not for long. <laughs> <laughs> like, like really, I see what he may have solved like for a split second, but man. To, to to give credit to Michigan, the the middle of that defense just closed like in a split second, and the game yeah. was over. Yeah, it did. I mean, it was there was nothing there, no tracks in whatsoever, and it just closed immediately. I I get it. Okay, I, RPO, that's fine. I think I dig down in my playbook and call my best play. That's what I'm thinking, and I know it's not the two yard line, but essentially your best two point play from whatever it was, the six or the seven. Uh, you gotta. You just have to have. You plays gotta give for yourself that. a chance, right? You you have to. I, I don't know if I'm a college coach. If I'm putting an RPO on almost any quarterback in but, that situation, but a young guy like that, yeah, yeah. And I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, thinking he should have called an audible. But if it, especially if it's an RPO, man, I, we all saw it. We didn't need a drone cam to see it. They they were bringing everything, mm-hmm. and. It was it was just silly, and I don't know if I can remember a Saban call being so bad, or a Saban team's call being so bad. Maybe trying that sixty yarder against Auburn that leads to a kick six because you knew that kind of thing could happen. But other than that, these these teams execute down the end of the games, and right. that was not it. That was not it at all. No, I I I, just, I couldn't understand it at all. Then you get Washington and Texas, and Michael Penix Jr. He threw a case up there for him to be. Oh yeah, and, and I think he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and said, "Hey, I I think I should be the Heisman Trophy winner." Boy, I think he changed a lot of people's votes last night. It was <laughs> he too may late, have. But it's too late. But boy, did he play well he last balled night? Out, man. I mean, that was that was really fun to watch i mean that goes back to kind of like a, a deshaun watson at clemson was what it made me think of yeah, uh, just that athleticism the way he can move around in the pocket I, you know it, it means nothing if you can extend plays and can't make throws but he can do both i mean i i was actually yelling at the tv for them to pass a little bit more in the first half mm-hmm. i thought both Washington was trying to run it too much, and Texas was trying to throw it too much and not playing to their strengths, even though the other thing worked. Uh, but what does he throw for, 430 or whatever yeah, it was? 430. I mean, whew, he, he picked them apart uh, pretty much all night. I know the offense stalls out a little bit at the end, but that that was the game they, they deserved to win. But it got pretty hairy there. Well, and it got pretty hairy because they got too cute. Yeah. I mean – you, it also could, could have been one of the like most disastrous injuries in the history of college football, with the with the running back getting hurt and they can't run the clock out to give Texas the ball back. I, I, there's got to be a way. That, I mean, even before he got hurt, though, you're doing a right. triple pitch, throw the ball down the field. I mean, what are you doing? Just hand the ball off. Yes, run that one by the goal line. Yeah, yeah just just wasted run, time there. Run the quarterback draw. When something incomplete passes and you leave Texas some time, and Texas, credit to them, they almost took advantage of that. Right, they're right. throwing for a touchdown at the end of the game, which 
He might have got mauled just a little bit before that <laughs> I ball. Know. I thought that was clean, Ward. I thought that was Did clean. Did you not see the hand around the throat? Ah, not there. Not <laughs> there. Maybe I'm too much of a hater. Um, but, yeah, it was It almost, was close. I really thought when they got that inside the 15, I'm like, oh, my God, they're, they're going to win the game. Yeah, they like, did, too. I don't think Quinn's going to miss two or three passes to the end zone. Turns out he does. And as compared to Alabama's play at the end of the game, I actually thought that was a good play call from Sark. You mm. probably want more of a – you know, a shallow route, maybe, but, you know. You but he's go, trying to go to his playmaker and give him right, a chance. Right, I, I will go any route to him. Yeah. Any route. And and it's not a terrible throw. It's just one of those things where the timing just doesn't add up. No, it, it was, you know, he put it where he had to put it. It was yeah. a great defensive play. Uh, it was close, but it was a great defensive play. But you're giving your playmaker a chance to go win the game for you. I like that call a lot better than just trying to run a quarterback draw right. and, yeah. and see what happens. I, it, it just it makes more sense to me. I, I thought they played very, very well. Both teams did. And that was one of the best semifinal games. But the end of the game for Washington, I'm just like, what are you, what are you doing here? Oh, this would have been a great day for radio if they had blown it. But oh. you're right. <laughs> I mean, I, I think back to that play when they kicked the field goal uh, to make it – I guess that would be 37-28. Right. And you're right. That third down, he rolls out of the pocket and, and throws. I think the announcer said it too, but I was like, what, what's he doing? That's potentially 30, 40 seconds you're putting back on the clock for Texas. Mm-hmm. You, you run out the clock here, maybe call a timeout to, to run as much as possible before kicking the field goal because that was like two minutes left. And instead, you know, we could talk about the injury, sure, and that was really unfortunate, but they had already given some time back to Texas. No, the they the gifted them. Yeah. They gifted them. They tried to that give them That would have been an absolute away. choke job. It would have oh. been an absolute choke job. It would have been It would have been an impressive Texas comeback, sure, but. Yeah. I think it was impressive that they even got down there and had a chance to score. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 had, you also had the mistake on the punt where he. Kit, uh, catch interference. That was stupid. I, oh, that was stupid. That's, you know, 15 yards. You put them all the way to the 30, and you've got 50 seconds left. That's and, humongous I mean, it's doable. 15 yards. It's doable man, now. At that point, yeah. It's absolutely doable, and they showed you it was doable. They took three shots in the end zone from the red zone. I that Boy, how fun would that have been today to be able to talk about yeah. that meltdown. Yeah, but this seems like a team of destiny almost. This Washington Huskies, man. They're playing well. They keep playing these one-score games. It was a much better year for the Pac-12. They rolled through it. Uh, they won the conference, obviously. They've got, you know, like you said, the kid with a chip on his shoulder and Penix at quarterback, and they just do a lot of things really well. I don't know that there was anything other than the quarterback's arm that they had a great advantage of over Texas, but they just do a lot of things really well. And... I guess their secondary was better. UT's is not good at all. But uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup next week with the way these two teams play. you got Michigan and Washington coming up on Monday night, number one versus number two. And, I mean, you, you say Washington is a team of destiny. Yeah. I think you could say the same thing about Michigan right now. certainly the way they feel, isn't it? It, it? it has to be. I mean, your third trip through, you finally break through. And the coach is a martyr. Yeah. Yeah, he gets suspended. And they're, they're, I mean, that's how, absolutely something they've rallied around. They, they, they absolutely have rallied around. What do you think that the entire observation of the country is? Because there's going to be some people out there that just love Michigan and sure. want it to happen. But sure. there's also, I think we're going to hear a lot this week of, 
Huh. So you're telling me they can cheat and get to the national championship yep. and win a national championship. You think that's going to come up at all this week? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it might, Ward. And Washington is one of those teams, too. It's almost nobody hates them. You know, they, right. are, they are kind of a darling for America. And what I think would have been hilarious if it was Michigan and Texas. Oh, my. Because that's two fan bases that are just universally hated, right, mm-hmm. outside of their cities and their fan base. And I think there would have been a lot of sympathy towards Texas. You know, of a team that is, quote-unquote, back. You know, they, they haven't been in this situation in almost 20 years. Of course, Michigan hasn't in 25 years. But right. I, I think that would have put a lot of sympathy towards the burn orange. But, yes, we are going to hear this. And maybe I was not paying attention enough, but we didn't hear a lot of it from the Big Ten championship game up until this playoff game. For as much as we talk about the playoff, that was not really a huge storyline. Um, I would have to imagine that comes back this week. I think it has to. And the the thing that I – I mean, we did hear a little bit about it. Oh, he missed the first three games. He missed three games at the end of the season. First three games were for the thing that happened in COVID. And the last three games were for tampering that he didn't know anything about. Blah, blah, blah. They made a big deal about how the team rallied around that. Right, and yeah. were able to overcome their head coach not being on the sidelines. I I get that. But I think this week it's going to get – Maybe a little bit chippy and a little bit ugly. It's the only game you're talking about. Yeah. It's the only game. And so they're going to look for storylines, right? I mean, we see it every year with the Super Bowl. Every year. They they not make something up, but they just hinge on to something. And I know you're as unbiased as they come, Ward, but does this affect your rooting interests in the championship game? Uh, no, I mean, I don't. I really don't know what my rooting interests are in this championship game. Um, a game that's good to talk about on the radio. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> yes, what I want. Yes. I, and, and, and I want a competitive, good national championship game. Um, and I think we'll probably get that out of these two teams. I really do. I don't think that if you look at both of these teams, is there is there one thing that just stands out as a distinct advantage for these teams? I Maybe, maybe Michael Penix Jr. and the way he plays, yeah. if, he, if he goes off like he did last night in the Sugar Bowl, Okay, Michigan's going to have a problem with that. Right. I mean, he is the better quarterback for sure, and that's There's how no so doubt. many games come down to these days. But I also look at the way Michigan threw the sink at Alabama yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought the same thing about Texas. You know, Texas doesn't have – in fact, a, a, for a playoff team, has a very bad secondary. But they can more stuff the run but can rush the passer a little bit. So I was thinking, man, if Penix gets time, he's going to carve them apart. But if he does it, this is going to be a long night. And then we saw him moving around the pocket all that much. So I, I still have to think the same way about Michigan and whether they can disguise some coverages and, and throw a blitz in there. And, and I mean, that's got to be the key is not giving Penix time. Even, even if you force him to his legs, which he is good at, that is advantage Michigan. You know, this is, oh, this yeah, is not Tim he's, Tebow. He's not Mike, he, no, he's not right. Michael Vick. He's right. not going to outrun you and, he's and make you pay with his, his legs. It, it's got to be he can move around. Uh, get outside the pocket, use his legs good enough to give him an opportunity to throw the ball down the field. If you put him in a situation where he has to run with the football, it's it's going to be trouble for Washington. Yeah. yeah. they got some great receivers too, don't they? <laughs> those guys can do some They yak. just go out and <laughs> get it. Yeah. I mean, the quarterback's really talented, but they, those kids 
they made some real good catches and they got some good yak last night. Yeah, it was it was impressive. I, I I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a good matchup in the national championship game. It's I been a while say, since we had a really good championship game, by the way. It has been like six or seven years here since that uh, that first Georgia Alabama game mm-hmm. that went to overtime. That was six years ago. Yeah, and, and I it, for me, and we'll talk more about it as we get closer to it. But for me, I, I think this game is one on the offense and defensive line. I, I and I think that. If it comes down to that, which most football games do, I got to look at Michigan getting the tilt. Yeah, both teams really do butter their bread with that, but that Michigan defensive line, defensive line especially, is a monster, mm-hmm. a monster. Probably even a little bit bigger than, better than UT's. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Rush the passer better for sure. Absolutely. We are live at the Robinson Tower, and it is game day at Foster Pavilion as the Bears open it up tonight. 7 o'clock tip-off, 6.30 pregame right here on ESPN Central Texas. We'll take the break. When we come back, she's back. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. To me, it was kind of a rude awakening for the ponies. Paid their way to be with the big boys in a Power 5 conference. I don't think we should read too much into these bowl games, but if you're going to complain that you should be in a New Year's Six Bowl, you better go handle a 6-6 six and six ACC team. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossey, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. The importance of a good set of tires on your vehicle is key for safe and efficient travel. Texas weather can drastically affect the condition of your tires. Make sure your family is safe no matter what the conditions bring. At Gish's Complete Car Care Center, they carry and service all major tire brands, Yokohama, Michelin, Goodrich, and more. Let their team of seasoned professional service technicians service your vehicle today. Also, take advantage of their easy and efficient drive-up canopy and complimentary shuttle service to get you where you need to go until they get you rolling great again. Kish's Complete Car Care Service, where keeping you safe is their business. Kish's Complete Car Care Center, located at 5300 Franklin Avenue in Waco and CompleteCarCareCenter.com. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. 
Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have Earthmine Diamond and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab-grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by D'Amori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. D'Amori Fine Jewelers at D'AmoriFineJewelers.com. Don't go through another year with that awful joint pain. Call QC Connects right now. Make 2024 the year you go back to living normal life again. Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. QC Connects can give you your life back. The nation's leader in regenerative medicine. These are all natural treatments that can repair and restore that damaged tissue, giving you pain-free movement again. If you have pain from an old injury or pain associated with arthritis, you need to check this out. The future of medicine is here. Regenerative treatments from QC Kinetics. Make the call now so you can get the most out of 2024. Get back to doing what you love. And don't forget, you can use your HSA and FSA funds. Call QC Kinetics for free consultation. 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. QC Kinetics. 254-415-4100. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. human drama of athletic competition. It's time for Stephanie Sports Talk, sponsored by Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair, Epperson Tractor, Lafayette Restaurant and Cantina, King Ranch Turfgrass, Mosby's Land Management, Myatt Fuels, and now, here's Stephanie. Hello. <laughs> Pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> Aaron forgot to turn my mic on, so I was like, hello. It's <laughs> building grief. tension. Yeah. Excitement yeah. awaits everyone, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's 2024, and one of the things mm-hmm. that I like about through the year are all the World Championship Eating Contests. Because oh, it no. just amazes me that these people can, like... Eat all this crap and not gain any weight. I mean, if I ate 5,500 hot dogs or something. 5,500? Well, I don't know how many they eat. Like 60. I don't know. Joey Chestnut, our buddy Joey Chestnut, you know, is the... (laughs) (laughs) is He's like the reigning champ for, you know, hot dog eating. Well, he just, you know, he does other contests throughout the year. Well, in December... He did the St. Elmo Shrimp Cocktail Eating Contest. And this was like his second year to do it. Well, he lost to this guy named Jeff Esper, who I guess they're like huge rivalries, okay? So they go, get this, Joey Chestnut came in second. So he's a little butthurt, you know, because he's supposed to be the eating person, right? So Mm -hmm. 
Jeff, they have to eat as many shrimp as they can in eight minutes. That's a lot of shrimp, right? Well, uh, Jeff ate 16 pounds, 11.2 ounces of shrimp cocktail. And he beat Joey, who only had 14 pounds. Okay, so I don't know how many shrimp make a pound, but that's a lot of shrimp, I think, right? Like well, it depends on what size the shrimp are. Well, I'm sure they're going to be big. I'd say a pound is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. like, you know those jumbo, I, I call them prawns. I don't know, but, I mean, I don't think they're the base, baby, baby shrimp. I mean, you can, that's I think they're like those individual ones. Anyways, so, Jeff Esper runs. So, Joey Chestnut gets a little hurt. So, on January 13th, in Las Vegas, it is the National World Champion Seagulls Bagel Mania Eating Contest. So, Ward, you still have time to sign up. Nope, not going to do that. If you want to go, but you that eat. That seems his- dangerous. That bread expanding in your Mm-mm. Well, think your about system. hot dogs, That's, though. Think I mean, about- yeah, eating all that all those hot dogs can't be helpful either. Do you, do you, Steph, do you know how many you would devour in 10 minutes, hot dogs? Hot dogs? One. <laughs> I don't know. That might not cut it. I... I'll be the cheerleader. You're not going to get the trophy with that. I don't think so. No. No, 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 no. Because I'm not – because I think hot dogs are made of piss. Stop it. Don't ruin it. Don't, 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 don't ruin it. it. Well, it's don't made of beef. It. I mean, they do have beef and turkey franks, that's all. Okay. All right. but, well, have you seen the way they do it, though? Have no, you seen the strategy it. they do? It? Stop it. I saw, they like, chew the thing. huge shrimp may count 10 per pound, <laughs> while a very it. small shrimp can go 60 shrimp per pound. Well, what? So there you go. Yeah, so, yeah. So they were doing the bigger shrimp then. That's a lot. Well, now, uh, on January 13th, in Las Vegas, for the Seagull's Bagel Mania. Now, seagull, if you don't know what a Seagull Bagel is... They actually come from New York, like the Bronx. So mm-hmm. they're sold all over. And I think they even have a, um, what do you call it? Like a, not a restaurant, but like like a Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru, but it's a Seagulls. What do you call that? I guess a restaurant. I don't know. So that would yeah, be a fast restaurant. Food, yeah. Fast, yeah. Food. Yeah. fast food. That would be it. Sure. <laughs> I have another monster I don't think it's a bag. <laughs> yeah. So Seagulls bagels are now on the West Coast. And so now they're having this championship in Las Vegas. Well. Mm-hmm. Last year, Jeffrey Esper won by eating 18 bagels in seven minutes. Now, these bagels have cream cheese on them. Now, Joey Chestnut, because he was so hurt from the competition in December, he is going to be there, and they're challenging each other. Like, they're going back and forth and talking smack. And if you want to go, it's Saturday, January 13th. It starts at 11 a.m. And it's at the Las Vegas Convention Center. So these two are going to be going at it. If if you win, you get a $10,500 payout. So all these people that are going to all these eating eating contests, they're getting money. I mean. Do you think we can get a sponsor for this? Go remote there? Maybe. <laughs> January 13th? we got time. Maybe. Maybe. I can try. But Enter I think Steph it, into the competition, of course. I would not. I'll let you do that, Cam. Um, but I think yeah, I tried to eat a dozen donuts once. It was not pretty. Oh my gosh! Did you just throw up? Well, that was actually the worst part. Is I is I didn't because this is what I'm talking about. You eat all that bread and it just expands in your body. I, I only made it through like eight maybe, and it just sits there like a rock. And well, you you'd have to up. drink you some fiber or something. You, you don't. Uh, it doesn't some go out fiber. the other end comfortably. <laughs> so it's 
It was a miserable day. Ew. Ew. Miserable. Well, I don't even think... I mean, even eating probably drank beer with it, which is that's just even the worst. worse. Oh, yeah, that okay, was right smart. there, that was that was <laughs> not a smart. Bread. That was not a smart decision. Uh, but I mean, if you ate, okay, if you ate bag, eighteen bagels, okay, if you eat, if I eat one bagel, like forget it, I'm done for the day because all those carbohydrates just make me tired. But eighteen bagels, I mean, he's definitely taking a laxative when he's done eating. I would oh, think. Uh, I would think, but, uh, and then the shrimp, I couldn't do that either, but it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be, well, I don't think this competition will be on ESPN. I looked. Probably okay. not. The Ocho, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but you know. the You can stream anything now. Well, not at our house. Ask Scott. We've had trouble streaming anything at our house, but <laughs> Aaron's in here laughing. I was telling him the story, so he's like, okay. Um, but... You know, the big eating competition is in on July 4th, which is the hot dog eating competition. So, right. Um, Nathan's. Yes. And Joey Chestnut, he trains for that all year long. And do you know how much that guy makes eating all this stuff? You'll never guess. It's in the Millions? six figures. Really? Yes. That's just close. for eating contest. Eating. He just travels around the country. His brother's the one who got him started in it, and his brother, I think, is actually now his agent manager. I didn't know that you could have an agent manager for eating competitions, but I guess it's a thing. When you make that much money, I guess you have yeah. to. Yeah. Well, and I he endorses. What the is like for that? Oh, I, I don't eat know. all the time. They we, eat. I'm, I'm wondering, even like a day to day, does he have to be like a swimmer? You know, those Olympic swimmers just well, eat thousands of carbs every day to get the energy. Well, he I does. If that's what he he do. does. He does run throughout. The, I mean, he does work out, and he like runs. Like, I don't think he's a marathon runner. I mean, I don't know how he could be, but he does do a lot of cardio, which you would have to be. But there's a technique, I guess, to opening your throat and swallowing. I don't know. You mm-hmm. they expand their stomachs too. How do you expand How your stomach? Have surgery? Well, no, you just eat overeat. more food. Right. Oh. Your, your stomach will expand and get bigger if you keep overeating. Well, the rest right. of your body will, too, most of the time. But yeah, you're, Well, I know that. Look at the Pillsbury Doughboy. By the way, he made, according to the Googles, actually, this is the according to the Washington Post. The Googles. So that's a little more authoritative, I think, than the Googles, depending on what the subject is. But he, he made $500,000 last year and has a net worth of about $4 million. Can you believe so not, that? Not as much so, yeah, as like other elite athletes. Yeah, like, not as much as other elite athletes, but pretty good. I mean, yeah, I'm sure That's Nathan. Insane. I'm sure he endorses Nathan's hot dogs and other things. Um, but you know, he's you been, would think he's yeah. been known. I'd to, hope so. Uh huh. He's been known to uh, do like the what is it, the chicken wing eating contest every year, and some sure. other stuff. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I did a story on him last year, and I was kind of, like, grossed out. I couldn't keep reading about it. But, I mean, he does, I mean, half a million dollars to eat, I might be able to do that. I don't know. But, yeah. So, we got to keep our eye on Joey Chestnut this year. But he is looking for revenge. we got to keep our eye on him every year, Steph. This is an athlete right here. <laughs> I know. This is the Jordan of eating. I know. The Jordan of eating. That's I know. Nice. I know. What you are to broadcasting, Joey Chestnut is to eating. <laughs> That's a way to suck up, Cam. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try. No. So if, if you were going to get in an eating contest and, say, and they said, okay, you have to be in an eating contest, is there something you would say, okay, I agree to that? Is there a food out there that you say, oh, I, I could do that? Ice cream. Ice cream? 
right. Because it melts in your mouth. Either. It would brain melt freeze. in your mouth. It's a lot of dairy, though. You can't. Brain you ever freeze. seen that challenge? Like you can't drink a gallon of milk in a half hour. You'll throw up. I think that's, that's okay. That'd be pretty similar. I'd make myself throw up anyways after I ate all that. So who oh, cares? Uh, good grief! <laughs> it is lunchtime, you guys. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, my stu- I've just found out in this segment the stomach is not all the way settled from the weekend. So. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Well, You're thank welcome. You. You're so welcome. I but, love the story. Um, I will be tuning in and looking up January 13th that Saturday to see how Joey Chestnut does because he is. He, he wants to be number one in everything he does. And so the fact that he lost in December to uh, Jeff Esper, he's he's on his way back to, he's, he's motivated. to make revenge for sure. That Jeff Esper, that's a tough name these days. <laughs> it's pretty close to a guy whose documents are about to come out in court pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Esper needs some wins here, needs some more wins. <laughs> oh, especially uh. shrimp. Ugh, I hate shrimp. Uh, I couldn't even. Well, I couldn't fathom eating any of these at the rate that they do. But no, (laughs) no, maybe like I said, ice cream. I could eat a pretty good amount in a short time, but the like long stretches eating insane amounts, I could not do. Like I could eat a whole large pizza. Because I mean, like a whole large or a dozen donuts. Yeah, easy. A dozen donuts. You can do it. Okay, we we should bring this to the air. Here we go. We should bring this to the air. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, I'll get a dozen me. donuts tomorrow, and we'll do it live here in the oh, studio. beautiful. <laughs> now, what's the time frame, Aaron? Yeah, do you, can you yeah, eat like them a in segment? a... I don't know. Can you do it in eight minutes, nine minutes? Well, he's trying to think in his head. <laughs> L. Yeah, well, we know Cam's well, not going to participate. Is, yeah, well, no, I, I think I'm... You're over those days. <laughs> and the thing with it, too, is you see these guys, when they do it, they're not really eating. They are just sucking these things down, especially the hot dogs. They put it in the water. They they don't even chew it. So that's something you else something else you got to take into consideration here, Aaron. That's true. If you want to be with the best of the best, there you got to learn to open up the mouth, stomach. Yeah, and and open up that esophagus because doesn't the food go down the esophagus? Yeah, sure. Isn't that, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> so, Aaron, what we mean to say is, I'd say try it out tonight. He said he minutes. could do a dozen donuts in 30 minutes. Hey, let's okay. make it 45, 45. So, <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Back it up. How about the whole day? <laughs> no, no, just 45 minutes. Let's go. 45 minutes. Yeah. All right. Okay, well. <laughs> we need to make that happen, Steph. Okay, I'll get some dozen donuts and bring them in. Mm. Ew. Oh, you don't eat tomorrow, Aaron. You're d- eating a dozen donuts. <laughs> bring a couple of extra. I like donuts, too. Okay. I'll get to <laughs> Anyways, keep your eye on Joey Chest- Chestnut this year, and I will let you know how he does in the bagel eating competition. All right, Steph. Thank you very much. Okay. There she goes. And coming up next, we will talk a little. We haven't even touched on it yet. But the Cowboys yeah. played on Saturday yeah, night. An interesting game. Mm, let's talk about it next on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Scott Drew and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor men christen the new Foster Pavilion January 2nd against Cornell. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off January 2nd. Baylor Bear Basketball with Pat and John all season long here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas.
With tens of thousands of satisfied patients across America, it's no surprise QC Kinetics gets five-star reviews. I'm feeling on top of the world because of QC Kinetics. I'm able to do the things that I wasn't able to do for a long time. I can recommend them highly. I would recommend QC to anybody. QC Kinetics has changed my life. I couldn't believe it. I honestly was skeptical, but the pain went from a 10 to a zero. Real people with real lasting relief from joint pain. QC Kinetics Regenerative Medicine is regenerating me. This non-surgical approach is definitely the future. I tell as many people as possible. I am an ambassador. I love QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. No drugs, no surgery. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. Run a winning play over knee, hip, and shoulder pain. Corio Health's all-star team of board-certified orthopedic surgeons, Dr. Lance Ellis, Dr. Jacob Battle, use the latest minimally invasive technology, including orthopedic surgical robot, to perform total knee replacements. Whether your pain is from an old sports injury or everyday wear and tear on your joints, Corio Health Orthopedics can help make the play. Call today, 254-483-KNEE. That's 254-483-KNEE. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have Earthmine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab-grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by D'Amori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. D'Amori Fine Jewelers at D'AmoriFineJewelers.com. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to the Punch Box, hour number two. 
here on ESPN Central Texas. Worldwide's Cam Stewart, Aaron Sexton along with you. We are live at the Robinson Tower here next to this little old basketball arena that's going to open up tonight. Yeah. How about that? It's, uh, it's I think a people are excited. Yeah. And I will As say, should I, think, be. I don't know how on purpose they did this, but uh, I think Baylor played it right on the date. You know? You think? Everyone's coming back into town if you're a student and everything. And you've just had all these great sports games the last couple of days. You're you're done with college football for another week. You know, you're thinking the, the college sports world is going to be looking at this story tonight. Mm-hmm. I think it can't can't get any better. And we'll see what it's like in there. I I, I wish we were able to get in. I, I would love to see it. Like I said earlier, this is a basketball arena. Not, That's what I hear. Not an event center. That's what I hear. <laughs> we'll know soon enough. We really will. <laughs> it looks like they've got a court down there. Anyway. Yeah, it does look kind of, kind of like it could, it could be some basketball going on in there. Hey, thanks to Central National Bank, also Cherry Johnson, Sigmund James Law Firm, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Neighborhoods Rico, the Baylor Club, and Total Office Solutions for having us here today at the Clifton Robinson Tower, just a earshot away from the Foster Pavilion where the Baylor Bears will take the court tonight, 7 o'clock tip-off and a 6.30 pregame. And, oh, by the way, you can hear all the action right here on your flagship ESPN Central Texas. Game tonight, I I think the biggest story in the game tonight is only going to be the venue. Poor Cornell, because yeah. opening up a new pavilion – Having the fans rampant, the new technology, as loud as it's going to be in there, they may be in for a long evening with the Baylor Bears. Any other year, they probably would have been playing a week and a half ago at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. with none of the students here. Any other year, but yeah, they get to they get to christen this thing. Who knows? Maybe they'll get the first basket in there. I don't know, but it is a. I think that's also smart by Baylor of a game they probably should not lose. Probably should not. Cornell's a good mid-major team. I, I'm, we can get into breaking down the big red here in this segment if you really want to. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. When you know every other year that's a trap game for, for Baylor, if you're the, on the Cornell side, oh, darn, what's the only thing that can get them really fired up for this game? How about we open a new arena that's way better than the last one? <laughs> oh, I, just, I hope we, everyone gets here on time. If you are going to the game tonight, Plan to get here early. Yes, I know they've got ribbon cutting ceremonies too. So you yeah, there's don't a lot that, going on, and going I on. will tell you, um, just looking around at the surroundings, get here early. Yes, that's all I'm going to say. Yes. Just get here early and, and expect delays. Yeah, a little bit because it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, and there's nothing wrong with that. But just plan ahead. Don't expect. Don't act like you're going <laughs> to yes, at the last gonna minute like the at Center. 6.45 go, I'll, you know what, I'm going to go to the game and try to get in here in time for tip-off because that ain't going to happen. And honestly, my There's going to be too much going on. Get here early. Sit in your car for a while if it's not open yet. Listen to the Matt Mosley show. Mm-hmm. Listen to the Baylor basketball pregame show. And mm-hmm. we'll get we'll get you ready for the place. Yeah. We will. But, yeah, it's a – Find your I, way I over here gonna early. Be, yeah, I imagine it's going to be a struggle here for the first couple months until they get some of these roads open around the around the arena. But it's going to be something else. I mean, it's it feels – this is a year before my time but it, at Baylor, but it feels very similar to the hype I saw around McLean. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's a big step up for Baylor. In the last 10 years to, to open up those two facilities, that, that's huge. 
for a school like this. So I'm, I'm so happy it's going to happen. I can't wait to see it all tonight. But, yeah, get here early. You don't want to miss any of it. Yeah, it should be a whole lot of fun. All right, let, uh, we'll get back to that game and, and break it down a little bit for you here in just a little bit. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys on Saturday night taking on the Detroit Lions. Oh, that was that – was, yeah. if you're a Lions <laughs> fan, that was tough to watch. Now, let me ask you this. Which did you think, obviously is coming from two different people, was the worst call? The, the penalty for not reporting – or the fact that Dan Campbell got backed up and then went for it again? I, I think the the fact that Dan Campbell went for it again after that penalty, I think he should have just said, okay, it's just not our turn. Yeah. Let's go ahead and kick the field goal. I get it. You're on the road. You want to try to win the football game. But once you get backed up like that, no. you've got. And then he got bailed out again and went yeah, for it again yeah. for the third time, which I at some point – Reason's got to hit you and say, you know what, this is just not going to work out. Let's kick the field goal and take our chances. Just hopefully we can hold Dak Prescott and stop him from getting in field goal range. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, they, they couldn't cover C.D. Lamb. He obviously has a great game, arguably a career game. But they were giving that Cowboys offense fits mm-hmm. a good portion of that game. And the way they were controlling the clock, too, I, I think – I know you want to do a little smash and grab with a big game. Your guys are fired up after winning the division for the first time since I've been alive uh, last week. <laughs> and I know I know road teams think like that. Okay, let's let's just put out our best play here. But, yeah, you back up, what is it, five or ten yards? And I'm just like, hey, how about we just play for overtime in this one? And he decides to go for it again, and you said it, it gets bailed out again, and here we are. But I, seeing those videos after the game, it sure looked like that guy reported. And I know this was a pro- this actually hurt the Cowboys earlier this year. You remember did. that came in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and the camera saw the same thing. If the if an you know a tackle is going up to the referee before a play, I don't know what he's doing other than reporting. It it, it sure looked like that he had to be. Now the other thing with the whole debacle. Is okay. So seventy. He says seventy. Reported a couple of times earlier in the game. So when he was coming in, touching his jersey, I assumed that that was him checking in. Mm-hmm. But immediately, it should have thrown a red flag because he was on the right side of the line and he was covered up on the end of the line of scrimmage. Yep. That makes him ineligible to begin with. Yep. So there should have been something that you go, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this. It's not right, and. 68 on the other side was not covered up. So, I mean, I think in your mind you got to figure out, okay, and and I've heard some things about illegal formation. Well, the, that really wasn't an illegal formation because the wide receiver on the left side was off the line of scrimmage, right. which made 68 actually eligible because mm-hmm. he was on the end of the line of scrimmage. I don't know that the other side you had enough men on the line of scrimmage Maybe you had too many minutes on the line of scrimmage. I don't know. I can't really tell from the angle. But either way, I I just think that that's – and I'm look, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. I'll, I'll take the – Well, I was going to ask, I'll you know, did the, you think the Lions get hosed here? Yeah, I, I kind of think the Lions got hosed a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it and just say, okay, just by all the evidence I see here, hmm, it's it's tough to say they didn't. I would I would say I also don't have the sympathy after 
what what happens after that with Campbell going for it again. But yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I was screaming at the TV when it mm. happened. Uh, that looked like a lion smash and grab. I, I, and I agree with you. I, I don't know what. Again, I get it. You're on the road. You don't want to go to overtime if you don't have to. Blah blah blah. That's fine. But when you get pushed back like that, you've got to take the points. And it's also a big game. It's a huge in game. In terms of seating. Like that, that's o- a big I mean, game. you don't get the two-point conversion, game's over. Right. That's, that's why that the was one, what I thought in the, the two-seed more than likely. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And at least you give, the Eagles losing. You, you, you at least give yourself a fighting chance if you go ahead and just take the one at that point. Yep. Yep. I mean, because you're it's too big a gamble for me. It, yeah, because your your team's already distraught because they feel like they just got hosed. So, yeah, I, I think you have to kick the extra point and say, we're going to take our chances and hope we can stop Dak Prescott. And I, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, even if they count that two point conversion, there's still 50 seconds left on the clock and Dak Prescott gets the ball and you got a kicker that hasn't missed all year long. Sure. And oh, by the way, his range is 60 plus. Sure. So I, okay. I get your reasoning in that, right. but I'm not but. buying your reasoning in that until proven otherwise. That's still, that's a large, large hill to climb for to say, oh, well, Dak would have got us there anyway. Yeah, he would have put you, whatever, you know, 50 yards ahead, you know, and get Aubrey well within range. That's that's a lot to ask. Can I say one thing about that play? Sure. And why I don't feel, one, I don't feel bad because, as y'all have mentioned, Rightfully, he had two chances to go ahead and kick the extra point after the – and, you know, even – I'll agree, it was a bad call. But their intention was to confuse the Cowboys. That's why they sure. sent three offensive linemen over by the referee. And when you only send one over there, the person who's going to check in, what they ended up doing was confusing the referee along with confusing Cowboys. Yeah, that was it's on their them. Own, it's, on, it's their own fault, Absolutely. And yeah, like I said, he, he had a chance. He got bailed out twice and still went for it, which is so dumb. And they lost, and they're going to lose the two seed now. Of course, it might have worked it, out better. I think I may – I think I, if I'm looking – heading to the playoffs, I would much rather play whoever wins that terrible division, the South, yep. than play the Rams, who are playing great football right now. That being said, it, it was still dumb, and it cost them the two seed probably. Well, and the other thing about it is, why be so cute about it? Why send the three guys over there? Because of the fact, okay, I'm trying to disguise who the eligible receiver is. The referee is going to go tell the defense who right. the eligible sure. receiver is yes. anyway. At the end of the day, his, they have to announce it. They have yeah. to announce it to the defense to say, hey, by the way, 68 is an eligible receiver. Now, whether the defense hears him or not or pays attention or lines up correctly, that's on the defense. But right. the referee is going to go over there and tell them who the eligible receiver is, just like he did. He went over and told them number 70 was eligible. Well, when they – Defense heard number 70 is eligible, even though he's covered up on the end of the line of scrimmage. It didn't register in the defense's mind. That's on them right. that he was covered up on the line of scrimmage and 68 was not covered up. That's why he was so wide open because nobody was paying attention right. to him because of the fact that he was not announced as the eligible receiver. 70 was. And that's a problem. That's yeah. that's on the referee crew. 
for one. It, it, but it's that's also what I on, thought of it It's I also mean, on Dan Campbell and them sure. for trying to put three guys over there and try to be cute, too cute about it and say, hey, we're going to try to confuse them. Well, you just confused yourself right, right out of a win. And, I mean, maybe Dan Campbell has to take this into account because we see ref shows every week in the NFL. I mean, every week we see these botch calls. Can't believe these guys are at the highest level of football. Not to just drag all referees, but we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think you got to be smarter about these things. To your point, they're going to announce he's eligible anyway. This is the biggest play of your season to that point. Just have some confidence in your guys to maybe not have to use deception there, I guess. I think so. I, guess. I mean, again, you can get too cute with a lot of things that you're trying to do, and I think that was a case where he tried to get too cute and send the three guys over there and say, okay, we're going to confuse them and not let them know who this is. Again, the referee's going to go tell them who you announced right. as the eligible <laughs> right. receiver. That's that You have to do that. And the referee just got confused as well when he's looking at three guys standing there, and number 70's checked in three times already as the eligible receiver. He just assumed, okay, here he comes 70, again. Here he is, yep. Here he comes again. It's a good football game, though. It was a good football game. Good football game. Cowboys get the win. Now the game against the Washington Commanders, which makes it really hard for me to say, <laughs> coming up on uh, Sunday. And the time has been announced now. Aaron, is that a 4 o'clock game? Three, what time is that game? Do you, you got the uh, – you got the info right in front of you, don't you? Coming up on Sunday with the Cowboys. Yeah, it's a 325 kick. 325 Both the uh, NFC East games will be the two yeah, it's Eagles late Giants, afternoon yeah. games. That way, you know, there's no resting players or anything like that. No collusion. Right. <laughs> Dallas and Washington, 325. You can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. That, and... For the Cowboys, it, they open up as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite against the Commanders. Is that too low? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Well, we saw them work them on Thanksgiving. Now, I know there are Cowboys fans in the car right now saying, oh, this is the classic bogey game. This is the classic trip up. You know, whenever it looks like it's going really good for the Cowboys and they've got some fortune going on their side with, with the win against Detroit and then a Philadelphia loss, this is when they blow it, but... Washington stinks, man. Washington They're not good. Stinks. They're terrible, yeah. And, yes, I, yes, the Cowboys should win by two and a half scores, honestly. I mean, they should they should just take care of business on Saturday, kind of the way they did with uh, Carolina. What was that? Before Thanksgiving, I think. Mm-hmm. And people were saying that, oh, it's that game before Thanksgiving. Who knows? And Carolina was a terrible team, and they just dispatched them in the first half. Uh, that's, that's what they got to do this weekend, too, I would think. Now, this is on the road. Cowboys have had a hard time on the road. They don't like the road. They don't don't like like the road. road. And the other thing is it's on grass. They don't like grass. True. And doesn't that worry you? Doesn't that keep you awake at night if you're a coach? Because the fact is you're going to go on the road in the playoffs, and you're probably going to end up on grass in one of the playoff games. I know if you make it to the NFC Championship game, it runs through San Francisco in my mind. Guess what? That's on the road, and that's on grass. Yeah. That's true. I just, I all, overall turf is more dangerous for injuries for sure. But oh, when, you, I, but I when agree. you're playing on turf all year, and then all of a sudden you play on grass, and we know the the dump of a stadium that place is, and it's probably their last home game. They're they're checking out. I just, I worry about the divots that are coming up. But you're right. You're right. 
they, they need to adjust to that, whatever that adjustment may be, because if they want to get to go where they want to go, it, it's going to be played on grass. Yeah. It, but that it, is an interesting wrinkle to things. I, I, I Now, the other question is, do the Cowboys go full out with the roster? Or oh, yeah. are they going to sit back and say, okay, we're going to rest so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. I don't think you can – I think that's a bad mistake if you do that. Yeah, I don't think they have the luxury. I don't either. I don't. And, and maybe technically they, they do well, in the way really they think. In the numbers, but I don't think so. You'll remember they left Dak in at the end of that 49er game, which was ridiculously dumb. So if they're, they're going to leave the starters in for the end of that game, I, I would assume they're going to start everybody and play everybody this week. Yeah. I would think so. I would think you have to. I, I'm, not, I'm not of the side of, okay, we're going to coast into the playoffs and we're going to rest everybody and we're not going to play everybody in this final game because it's meaningless. It doesn't change our status to where we're going to end up in the playoffs. I just don't think that this team has that capability to be able to do that. I don't like it when – Really good teams do it. I just don't think it's a great idea to go in with that mindset. Throws everything off schedule, right. throws you out of rhythm, uh, and I just I, I think it's a bad, bad move. But the other side of it for me, me is this Cowboy team is as good as they are. They're not that good to be able True. to do We're that. We're saying the same thing that we've been saying for weeks now, right? And maybe the tune changes if, if C.D. Lamb twists his ankle on the grass. But I, I, I think you're right. I just don't know that they have that luxury that they could just sit back. They don't know exactly where they're going yet. That's still is wrap, being wrapped up. So, um, yeah, and, and to the rhythm point, that's the one that I usually go back to. When these guys are going for four straight months mm-hmm. in, in actual game weeks, and I know that takes a lot, that takes a huge toll on guys. But when you sit them, so let's just say Mike McCarthy has the idea to sit some of his guys, they're not going to practice full throttle all week. No. And so then you're, you know, eight or nine days without real reps. That That's where it gets more dangerous than playing on grass, if we're, if we're being honest. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they will. I think they'll go full throttle out on Sunday. I think if you get up by three scores. You, sure, that's you, a different story. That's a different story. Yeah. You sit everybody and say, okay. We're comfortable now. We've got a little burn. We've got right. that rhythm. They've done their week of practice. Yep. They've done their routine. Yes, that that's different. And hopefully, for the Cowboys' sake, that's the case because they should blow this team out. They absolutely should. There's no doubt about it. We are live at the Clifton Robinson Tower. Warren White's Cameron Stewart along with you. Brought to you today by Central National Bank, Cherry Johnson, Sigmund James Law Firm, Jim Turner Chevrolet, NeighborWorks Waco, the Baylor Club, and Total Office Solutions. John Morris will follow us. He'll be here at the tower getting you ready to open up the Foster coming up tonight, uh, 7 o'clock is the tip-off for the Bears to open up the new pavilion. And Matt Mosley, of course, 3-6 to six right here as we are in eye shot of the front door. And I'm excited to get inside and see what this thing looks Can't like. Wait. Can't wait. I mean, we talked about it before. Not only is it so great for the basketball program, great for the university. Mm-hmm. Great for the university. And when they get, and when they get these roads sorted out here, it's going to be – a lot better. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. When, when you can, it's close enough. I mean, they got to figure out ways for students to walk across here because it is very walkable. Um, it's going to be great. It's just 
so huge for these programs, and, and they deserve it. I mean, the, these these two programs, for what they've done the last 20 years, they absolutely deserve it. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Right. I know J-Mo's real excited. Yes, I'm sure he is. <laughs> he is going to be a kid on Christmas. This yeah. is his Christmas Yeah, from 2 to 3. And- I can't wait to hear him in the pregame because he, he, you can be able to hear him grinning ear to ear. It'll come through the radio pretty clear, I'm sure. sure. We'll take the break. When we come back, we'll talk a a little bit about that game coming up tonight in the Foster. That's next, right here from the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Nikki Collin and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women play their Big 12 home opener Wednesday in Foster Pavilion hosting TCU. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off. Wednesday. Tune into Baylor Women's Basketball with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman all season long on ESPN Central Texas. With tens of thousands of satisfied patients across America, it's no surprise QC Kinetics gets five-star reviews. I'm feeling on top of the world because of QC Kinetics. I'm able to do the things that I wasn't able to do for a long time. I can recommend them highly. I would recommend QC to anybody. QC Kinetics has changed my life. I couldn't believe it. I honestly was skeptical, but the pain went from a 10 to a zero. Real people with real lasting relief from joint pain. QC Kinetics Regenerative Medicine is regenerating me. This non-surgical approach is definitely the future. I tell as many people as possible. I am an ambassador. I love QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. No drugs, no surgery. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. Drive into the new year with confidence and excitement during the Start Something New Sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Get incredible deals on our entire selection of new Ram trucks, Jeeps, SUVs, Chrysler sedans, or a sporty Dodge. Get more for less, guaranteed. More value, more selection, more service, more trade-in allowance, and even more competitive financing. Hurry in and start 2024 with a bang. Shop the greatest selection of inventory in Central Texas at Allen Samuels in Waco. In-store or online at allensamuelsdcj.com and make it un forgettable. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina has been Waco's favorite Tex-Mex since 1963. Voted the best fajitas, enchiladas, and chili con queso around Central Texas. La Fiesta, a delicious selection of Mexican classics and Texas favorites. You can order any of the delish Tex-Mex food online at LaFiesta.com or stop on by at 3815 Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is the most important ingredient. From the La Fiesta family to yours, have a happy New Year. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. 
so it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. We're going to Cam Stewart along with you at the Clifton Robinson Tower just within eyeshot of the Foster Pavilion. And we are brought to you by Central National Bank, Cherry Johnson, Sigmund James Law Firm, Jim Turner Chevrolet, NeighborWorks Waco, the Baylor Club, and Total Office Solutions. And we will be here all day long with ESPN Central Texas inside the Robinson Tower. Thanks to those folks for uh, having us here in the lobby today as we get ready for Baylor Bear basketball inside the Foster Pavilion coming up tonight, game number one. And, of course, J-Mo follows us, followed by the one and only Matt Mosley show. And joining us now is Matt Mosley. Matt, how are we today? We're doing fine. And um, we're just, uh, as we get closer to off, man, I'm just uh, I'm just really excited. And I'm glad you said that, Ward. I'm so appreciative of, uh, of uh, you know, the – the crew over there, Jason Cook, Chief Marketing Officer at Baylor, because that's that's going to be, you know, once it gets dark tonight, right there on the tower, uh, in the Robinson Tower. Nobody loves uh, that that tower like uh, Cam. He's been in there, <laughs> done work there. Oh, he, it feels uh, like home away from home, Matt. It really does. Oh, Cam just kind of he just kind of gets in there and warm fuzzies happen, but they're going to be like a laser show. Like on the side of of where we're doing the shows from today, uh, starting you know when the sun goes down about five thirty or six, so that's going to be kind of neat. And then, guys, as you'll kind of see throughout the evening, and you'll see it during the day, I'm sure. But like, there's going to be these really cool graphics on the front of Clifton Robinson Tower, which is part of the Foster Plaza. So I thought that was really cool of Baylor to. Uh, the hostess right there, it, it kind of, especially with so much craziness going on as they desperately try to get this thing ready. I mean, I think the court looks great. I think the seats are going to be fine. I mean, I think there, there's just a lot of, I mean, you know, this, this is a working area. Like the minute this game's over tonight, they'll go back to working. And then they'll play another game tomorrow night, and then they'll go back to working on it. So we're we're in an active construction zone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I may, and I think just in honor of that, you're gonna I'm wear gonna a hard wear hat. Yeah, I was gonna say, hat. bring your. I know you got a Baylor hard hat somewhere, Matt. You know what's that thing announcers always say? I'm sure Ward said it before. You better bring your hard hat today. And that's <laughs> the way I'm approaching this tonight is to cover this game. I'm coming in there with my hard hat on, and uh, and I'm just man, I'm just excited that you guys have been there and. 
I've been kind of listening and, and kind of seeing the John Morris. And then so our whole our whole day is right down there from that Foster Plaza. So, I mean, this is a big undertaking. And I'm, I'm kind of I'm going to spend a little time today just honoring and praising uh, Paul and Alejandra Foster, because, I mean, hey, when you pony up 100 mil, uh, that's not bad. I mean, that, bad. that'll get I know you're done. ready to do that, but. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, question yeah. for you. So people of, of my generation here, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't have a ton of connection to the Farrell Center. Now, it's it's where I've gone to games for 10 years, and, and we love the teams that are in there, got my degree in there, but you remember the HOT days and how big an upgrade that was to have an on-campus facility. Does this feel similar to that in terms of that upgrade for Baylor, for Baylor Athletics, for Baylor Basketball, to take this next step into what is going to be a gorgeous new arena? Ward, that was an elaborate way of Cam, you know, trying to basically put it in my face how old I am. You remember the HOT? Way back in the day. Well, look, I, I I am not older than the Big 12 Conference. I'll just say that. No, I, I barely, if I'm I know you were a young man. buck, but you were a Baylor fan. I, yeah, when 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 they opened it in '88, I was just starting high school, the Farrell Center. So please don't try to throw me. <laughs> but now Ward and I do have some early. I mean, we you know like Ward went to a, a school around the time like Bubba Jennings, and then later Sean Gay mm-hmm. played at Tech. And, I mean, mm-hmm. these were – and every SWC school had some variation of those guys I just mentioned, like whether, you know, the Fice, Lamb, Gemma. So, yeah, we can get nostalgic in a hurry. And, like, I was trying to say goodbye to the Farrell Center with Pat Nunley one day recently, and I found myself only talking about the SWC days with Terry Teagle and Vinny and, and Pat because I was at – uh, you know, I was six or seven years old. But anyway, so I think I, you just did it to yourself, there, Mosley. I didn't I know, say it. I, I didn't know. mention Terry Teagle and Vinny. Yeah, those the guys Michael. were. I mean, those were our heroes, or those were my heroes. V- Vinny's Vinny was my hero once he got to the Pistons. I'm too young to remember him playing for Baylor. But Best he nickname was, ever. Like he, Teagle, I can remember. But anyway. I, I do think there is something to that. I mean, I'm sure when they came over from HOT, the Farrell Center just felt like a palace. To me, what's funny is now that I think back on it, when I, my first time in it, I was, uh, I don't know, sophomore, junior in high school, and Baylor beat Arkansas, number three Arkansas. I, I even remember back then thinking, this is too big. Like, this is too – and, again, when they played Kansas, I mean, people get mad sometimes. Like, oh, Farrell was great. It, it has been. It has been. We've enjoyed it. Cam, you've enjoyed graduating in there. I got my degree sure. in there. But it, was, it wasn't the right size for what Baylor was trying to do. It was too big. And I think at the time they did it, it was, the thought was, well, we'll have all these huge concerts and events, and everybody always thinks that. Now, I hope that happens with – I think the city of Waco is so involved in this in this Foster Pavilion that you are going to have some fun concerts and all of that. And, um, and you're going to have some great times with that. But I, I do think this is going to feel more like Moody for people that have been in Daniel yes. Meyer, the new yes. Daniel Meyer, which is called Show Meyer up at TCU. Like, 
this is that's, that's what kind I'm of the thing too is the Big Twelve and the rest of you know you talk about Moody down in Austin, TCU, Tech. They've all got these great. Great arenas, and TCU is the best example because it's also pretty small. It, it felt like Baylor was behind the eight ball on that, and to be fair, UT yes. was well behind the eight ball too with playing at the drum. Yeah, and I, what I'm kind of excited to see. I've been seeing all the pictures. I, I've purposely skipped the tours because I honestly wanted tonight to feel like Christmas morning type deal. Like, oh my gosh. This is it. My eyes are, are seeing this for the very first time. I think what's going to remind me of when, – and when I say moody, I'm thinking of I, uh, SMU. I'm not thinking of August. Yeah, I know. But I know I they know. call their thing that <laughs> also the Moody Center. But I I think the cool thing is going to be in the old-time smaller gyms, it was a theater-type deal. When you sit up in the stands, you're kind of in the dark. And then it's like you're at – a, a great show, or you're at you're in Broadway because every when when the court is like extremely well lit, but when we're out in the audience, we're going to be kind of in the dark. And I I love that. I just love the thought of that. So I think that's kind of what it's going to be like. And I again, I don't know if we'll crank up the crowd tonight for Cornell. I think it's going to be a, a packed house. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think we just walk in night one and go, oh, my God, this is the greatest home court advantage in the country. Um, those kind of things take time. But I do I do hope the community and everybody, like, takes great pride in this. And and they get behind it because it. I think it's going to be really cool. And I'm just glad we're there, man. I'm glad we're there. I mean, as you guys – I cannot wait. I'm about to walk in and join you guys here in a little bit, and I just, I just can't wait to kind of see it all—the the, walk-up appeal, the whole shebang. And quite honestly, where you guys are doing the show today, like, there's parts of this tower that are basically touching the the pavilion. I mean, it's like right up against it, so it really is kind of all one big family but I, I hope i got ward excited cam when i start talking about that laser show did you see him light up a little bit kind of like i i did i did he, he's told me he's gonna stay now he's just gonna stay well, the whole day <laughs> okay get it get that in writing i i um <laughs> i i can just see him kind of bringing coco out uh <laughs> yeah he's got the German knit hat he's pulling out yeah he's ready and just walking around that building, people probably think, well, they've got a bomb-sniffing dog out here. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be so much fun. And, and uh, I just, you know, Ward and Camp, y'all are, in my mind, you're the ones from the flagship station of Baylor. Y'all are the ones who opened this thing. It was the first show, the first radio show ever done from the pavilion, I, I in my mind, I will always say it was the press box that opened it. So I just want <laughs> well, to you, you know that. Well, now, you got the connections here, Matt. Did any way we can get that on a plaque or something? <laughs> yeah, Jason, Jason, if you're listening, if you could circle back up there. We're looking I know they're selling plaque. bricks. <laughs> yeah, we we certainly. I will get you an award a brick plaque. Probably nice. is a bridge too far, That's a that's a tribute like to my basketball career as well. <laughs> Couple of bricks. Actually. Were you ever on like the wimp, the women's? Uh, you know, like the. I always no, felt like if no. I had that back in the day, I could have done that. I think I was just 
maybe borderline good enough to have been on that. The the guys now that challenge the you know what I mean the the practice team right, the dream against team, the women. Yes. Yeah, I I think I could. I think there could have been a chance back in the day. Now the problem was we were so bad at times when I was in school that that I that the dream team was better than the, the actual Baylor team. <laughs> hey, who says it's not too late, Matt? You never know. When my dad was at UT, uh, they had one year where their starting backcourt by the end of the season were two cheerleaders who started the season. So I guess it can't get that bad. <laughs> Oh man, I I I just am excited to, to I don't know the, the whole thing. So I, I do think there's going to be now. What I'm kind of worried about, guys. I will say there's a secret little worry I have, and I okay. I guess I'll share it with you now. I mean, I I think everything's going to be fine, and they're going to get the game played and all that. That's not nothing to do with like being ready. It's that all these bells and whistles. First of all. They couldn't finish the deal against Duke, although they played a lot better against Duke than they did against Michigan State. They were horrible against Michigan State. They've had another layoff. I I got to say, I, I was taking a look last night at Cornell, and they're not as bad as I hoped they were. Yeah, they're <laughs> they not kinda, bad. They've kind of hung in there. And I, Cam, we used to have a friend who played at Cornell. You know, that J.D. Paquel, like we have Cornell. Yes, correct. Um, I have a buddy from Dallas that that played football at Cornell. We do have some Cornell ties. I played against Probably. a kid in high school who played at Cornell, if that helps too. What, what happened? I played against a kid in freshman high school basketball who ended up going to Cornell. So <laughs> playing basketball, as a matter of fact, basketball and football. They call them Big Red. But they, they concern, all those Ivy League schools always concern me because they'll just backdoor you to death. And, 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 and Ward will remember that old Princeton coach. It was like Pete Carrill. Pete Carrill, like yeah. Pete's with us anymore. But Pete would, would show up with a Princeton team and he would just, he would back cut you to death. And then occasionally they would beat like UCLA or somebody. And uh, who was one of his big men, the six nine player for Princeton back in the day? None other than Texas Rangers GM Chris Young. Mm-hmm. Wow! So I just thought I would throw out some random, some yeah, random yes, Ivy random League. Well, I'm, I'm Ivy hoping League that <laughs> I'm hoping that normally this would be a letdown, but they've got the juice of playing in the new arena, so hopefully that kind of ramps them up they can make some mistakes tonight still win and then and then head into the gauntlet man the the big 12 schedule is uh it's not easy for anybody any given night yeah you're right except for west virginia looks horrible somebody else (laughs) a couple teams that really do look horrible um yeah but i i I agree with you it's going to be a it's going to be a tough slog but maybe it's better that baylor got knocked down a few pegs before the conference slate, right? They're down to 18. Sure. They've, they've fallen 12 spots. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's not. You'd way rather hit a little lull now than than later, you know, later in conference. So that's the way I'm I'm trying to look at it. And, oh, by the way, guys, I thought y'all would like this. Nikki will be stopping by today. I mean, he's just kind of like stopping by on the station. But um, Nikki Collin to, to prepare us for tomorrow's big women's opener against TCU. 
so uh, you'll you'll hear from uh, Nikki Collin in the sixth ranked um, Baylor women at about five o'clock today. All right, can't Perfect. wait for that, Matt. We'll see you when you get here and uh, navigate your way safely <laughs> into the parking lot. It's not the easiest thing to do, to do but it can be done. Uh, absolutely. So uh, thanks for hopping on with us, and we look forward to hearing you this afternoon. I'll find a way. I'll find a way there, I promise. That doesn't mean you won't get about seven calls from me, and I will find a way. All right, there he goes, Matt Mosley, right here on ESPN Central Texas. He'll be with us from 3 to 6 right here at the Robinson Tower. And, again, thanks to those folks for having us here within eyeshot of the Foster Pavilion as the Bears get ready to christen the new arena, taking on Cornell coming up uh, tonight, a 6.30 pregame and a 7 o'clock tip-off right here on ESPN Central Texas. We'll take the break. When we come back, we'll put a bow on this one as the press box continues right after this. Go Cowboys! This is Dallas Cowboys football 2023. Second and five at the Detroit 8. Only heard here. Here. Snap to Prescott, standing and looking and throwing right. All season. Brandon Cooks! Touchdown, Cowboys. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. Live from FedEx Field. On this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. Cowboys and Commanders, Sunday afternoon at 2, here on ESPN Central Texas. Jeff Hunter Toyota has been part of the Waco community for over 30 years. I'm Amy Hunter, and we believe in its people, and we honor its history. We're proud to call Waco home. That's why we support the Baylor Bears, lend a hand to Fuzzy Friends Rescue, and aid the Waco Goodfellas. We also believe in hard work, the value of a dollar, and providing a quality product. That's what you'll find every day when you shop at Jeff Hunter Toyota. Shop Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality. Waco values. So I have been in the operating room most of my career watching people have orthopedic surgery, watching people get knees replaced, hips replaced, shoulders fixed, and I knew there had to be a better way. That's Dr. Daniel Zuckerman, a medical director for QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in non-invasive regenerative treatments for pain relief. I see so many people who could have been helped before they got to the operating room if only they had known about regenerative medicine. QC Kinetics, a natural alternative that uses your body's own healing process properties to help restore and repair damaged joint tissue, providing long-lasting relief without drugs, surgery, or downtime. Well, it feels great when I do get to see somebody who we help, who I know I kept out of the operating room. It's amazing how we change people's lives without surgery. Call QC Kinetics for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham Realtor with Coldwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. At UBO Business Services, we recognize that on-prem print servers cost an organization $1,800 to $3,600 annually. 
With UBO, we are the only dealer in the country that can take print driver deployment, offer secure cloud printing, offer follow me print, scan to myself, and cloud as well as X Media's faxing all to the cloud. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They have financing options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Live at the Clifton Robinson Tower, we're getting you ready for Baylor basketball tonight as they open up the brand-new Foster Pavilion, a true basketball venue. What is the most exciting part about being able to open it up here on the second day of January 2024? Hmm, The most exciting part. What are you most looking forward to? Stepping inside the Foster Pavilion. Honestly, this is going to sound really sentimental, but look, Farrell Center served us very well. But walking into the Farrell Center, you, you, it just brought nothing. It just didn't bring any juice, right? And now you walk into this place, and from what we've seen from the pictures and everything, this is going to feel like Baylor and good teams play here and Opponents should be afraid to play here. Um, and I'm most looking forward to what the environment is like tonight. I know mostly said I don't think it's going to be great, but it is going to be packed out. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be a, a much more audio-inclusive, I guess, arena in terms of how that noise is traveling down and being right on top of the court. I am, I am excited for that. Uh, and tonight specifically, I'm, I'm interested to see, just by looking at it the first time, when it's all going to be done and when it's going to feel complete. But um, like I said earlier, great time to do it. January 2nd, you're you're on the sports high right now. I know students don't start back till next week, but I'm sure a lot of them came back for this. Mm -hmm. I would have as a student, even way out of state. I I certainly would have. Um, And I I am just excited to see, like, finally a consistent atmosphere for Baylor basketball. And it's no guarantee for sure, but... I know you'll probably revel in this, but it doesn't matter how bad tech is. When they come into Baylor, there's there's plenty of black and red in, in the Farrell Center. It's the same way for UT. It's the same way for Oklahoma. And so I'm wondering how different that will be here at this new arena. It's just going to feel bigger. even Well, 
physically it's smaller, but it's going to feel like a bigger event is happening here than almost anything at the Farrell Center, to be honest with you. So that's what that's what I'm looking forward to, the, the feeling when I walk in the door. Feel like a big night. Feel like a big game and a good, good, good team. I think I, I'm excited to see the technology side of things because be kind I, of I'm kind of a, a techie guy. I, I like having the opportunity to see how things unfold like that. And from what I understand, now I don't know because I haven't been in there and um, not going to get in there until tonight, but from what I understand, the video board is, is state-of-the-art. The audio that goes along with that is state-of-the-art. So I, I think it's going to be fun to see how how that was all put together. And does that make a – because that can make a difference in an arena by itself. Absolutely. I mean, just, just by itself, that can make a huge home court advantage for, for any arena. And I think that they they realize that. And I think that the, that that goes a long way of, okay, how do we make the acoustics right? Mm-hmm. How do we make it to where it's conducive for the technology that we want to use? How can we make the video board be as big a part of the game but not take away from right. the game, if that makes any yeah. sense? yeah. So the way it sometimes does at Jerry World. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean, that, that, <laughs> love that place, but yeah, that that's that screen's too big. Yeah, and, and I I know that sounds silly, but it really is. I mean, there's I I guarantee you, there's not one person that's gone to watch a football game, whether it be the Cowboys, whether it be the Bears, whether it be high school championships, whatever it might be, that you go watch a football game. There's not one person that has ever sat there. And never drifted up and watched right. part of the game just on the video board when you could be right there on top right. of it. There's very few seats in the house where you don't watch entire plays, like live plays on there. I, I've certainly done it. And what I am also interested in is, you know, not to dump on the Farrell Center even more, but it, it does feel like you're walking into the 90s when you're when you're walking in there. And I feel like it's gonna it's gonna feel like walking in to 2024. And honestly, this is not something I'll, I'll see tonight, but in the future here, I'm excited to see how it looks on TV. Uh, Feral Center didn't look great on TV, right? And now you're going to have the students on the, on the side again, behind the benches, or, you know, that, that side of it. They probably won't be behind the benches. But you'll see the students there mm-hmm. who come out more so than the alumni do just about all the time. And it, it is going to feel like a college basketball arena on TV as well as being in there, too. This is just a, a huge step for, for this program. And both these coaches, Nikki Collin and Scott Drew, have done pretty darn good recruiting and and building teams in a much lesser arena. So I don't know how much of an impact that will make, but that's an exciting prospect to see if if they can attract even more talent to come to Baylor and, and play at a place like this. Yeah, and that's a good point. The the visual um, aspects that you see, um, not only inside the arena but on the television. Yeah, you when, don't see those... the students at the Farrell Center on TV. No, never. And, and the, the the visual that you might see there will do nothing but help draw fans to the pavilion because they're going to go, i got to go see that. Yeah. i, I mean, got to go check that out. And, and, and for kids who want to come here, I mean, look, this is not apples to apples, but 
you grow up watching college basketball and you see Cameron Indoor Stadium mm-hmm. and you're like, it doesn't get any better than this. I want to I want to go here. Or even, you know, a few years ago when Tech was really, really good. I mean, they were punching that place out every night. It looked fantastic like that. That is going to help Baylor in, in a lot of ways, just not just within the confines of the basketball court. Um, and so, yeah, I, I am excited for that for that viewing experience as we go forth here, uh, for it to really look like an arena where you can see the passion of, of the fans out there instead of maybe just seeing Brad Livingstone a lot. <laughs> Nothing against Brad. He's a great fan, but you see a lot of him when he's standing up. Uh, it will be the Bears coming up tonight to open up the brand-new Foster Pavilion. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip right here on ESPN Central Texas. We are live at the Robinson Tower, just an eye shot away from the Foster Pavilion, pre- uh, presented by Central National Bank, Terry Johnson, Sigmund James Law Firm, Jim Turner Chevrolet, NeighborWorks Waco, the Baylor Club, and Total Office Solutions. Thanks for those folks for having us here, and thanks to the folks at the Robinson Tower making this possible, getting you ready for Baylor basketball all day long right here on ESPN Central Texas. Coming up next, the John Moore Show live from the Robinson Tower, and then Matt Mosley will lead you up to the pregame show right here on ESPN Central Texas. That's going to do it for us here on this Tuesday. For Cam, for Aaron, I'm Ward White. Until next time, so long, everybody. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. To me, it was kind of a rude awakening for the ponies. Pay